Good morning and happy Wednesday. Live here. Welcome into the Blitz. Live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Live on Fan Runner Radio. It's a rainy Wednesday in Knoxville. Kind of a gross looking Wednesday in Knoxville after we got teased with a couple of spring like days. But hey, we power through. And we're going to help you power through the next couple hours, get you to your lunch break today, uh, halfway through the week. Wednesday lunch is always like, you've made it. You know, you've made it through the worst of the week. <clears throat> you've made it halfway there. Get to, you know, just a, a yeah, nice congrats. Wednesday afternoon. Your week's done. Then it's basically the weekend. You know, Thursday's really just Friday, Junior, and then Friday's just actually Friday. Wednesday at lunch is always always a good feeling. Friday, Junior, Junior. Friday the third. Minute work Wednesday. Yeah, Friday the third, right? Because that's like the sun is Junior. We're not, we're not we're not giving Friday multiple Juniors. And then we got to have a third. Like, no, I don't think we can. We like can. RG three, this is W three, or Friday, <laughs> Friday three, Friday the third. I mean, at that point, are we gonna, what are we just going to start calling Tuesday? Friday the 4th. Or is it Monday Junior? Okay, yeah. And then Wednesday morning is is Wednesday, is Monday the 3rd, and then it turns to Friday the 3rd. Or it could just be Wednesday. Or it could just be Wednesday, yeah. Minute work Wednesday, like Sam mentioned. It could be whatever you want it to be. Whatever you need it to be. Well, either way, we're here with you for the next two hours. Sam Beard behind <clears> the board. <throat> Andy Brock next to me. I'm Charlie Collier. It's game day. Tennessee taking the drive down I-40 today, taking on your in-state rival Vanderbilt. Uh, we had some good SEC hoops yesterday as well, last night, a couple of fun games. We are heading right down the road to the Super Bowl. I mean, we really are kind of just coming up on the Super Bowl. Uh, we got some fun college basketball topics to discuss today as well, but... First, go around the room. How is everybody today? Sam, you doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I watched. I was watching that LeBron game last night. I needed Shout out LeBron. I needed LeBron to it. score. No, he didn't do it, Andy. He did it. I needed him to score 40 points, and he scored 38. <laughs> but he got beat by the Thunder, so he did it. But Exactly. But it doesn't matter because now the scoring champ. Um, Still got beat by the Thunder. That doesn't matter. He is now the scoring champ. You can't say anything bad about him because he's like, I got more points than you. Were y'all watching that game? Did you did you see? No, the I just saw the highlights. Uh, I saw that the, they lost the Thunder. The whole production, like he he hits the shot with ten seconds left in the third quarter, and the game just stops. Like you would have thought that. Well, yeah, he just broke like listen, the I, record. I get it's a big record. It's it's the all time leading scoring, but it's a game that's a five point game going into the fourth quarter. Both teams are trying to fight for that ten seed in the in the playing seeds. It's a, it's no a, it's a that game was, that actually means something. They're, it's a I game know, that's, they're the, right there in the standings, and but, then the game just stops for 20 minutes, and it's like a whole production. Adam Silver comes yeah, out there, of every single person. The I think it just went on reason, too long. The only reason people were watching that game last night was to see if LeBron James would break the scoring record. So, yeah, I, I think there's no puzzling reason as to why they stopped the game and then celebrate him breaking the scoring record. You only break the scoring record once. So or just wait ten more seconds and do it in between quarters. I know, but that's like the moment. Like you do it, and it's like there's the moment. I mean, they did that when Drew Brees broke the record. They stopped a, a major Monday Night Football game, and we're like, "Oh, Drew Brees, he broke the record." I, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why 
casual people were tuning into NBA last night for that game? You know, I don't care. Even you appreciating don't care? the greatness, I like. I don't. This is like care history, even a little bit. You know me, like I don't. I don't really. I keep up with the NBA too much. I didn't even much. care enough to turn it on. Well, I didn't even know he was going to break it because he needed like, like thirty six. So I didn't even know it was like a, I, a possibility. I didn't really. I still haven't even like watched a Twitter video. Why? Well, just denying like a fun online. part of history. I just don't really care. I don't like LeBron James even mm. in the slightest. Mm. I yeah. Cool. Can't say anything now. He's got more points than you. A He's really got more good points player, than anyone. A really good player played for like. 20 plus years. Yeah. He's yeah. He's going to break the scoring record. Nice. Yeah, he broke the scoring record. <laughs> no one yeah, no <laughs> scored more points than him. I don't know. I'm just I'm, unimpre- I'm not impressed. Tom Brady plays for like 25 years. He's the goat. But Tom Brady's not the goat either. He is the goat. No, he's not. Who's the goat? Not Tom Brady. Who is it? I don't know, but it's not Tom Brady. Sounds like it's Tom Brady. I mean, I haven't. I, like, are we talking quarterback goat? Are we talking oh, NFL just like the NFL goat? goat? Yeah. I mean, I would probably take a couple defenders over him. Oh, really? Like, which ones? Tom Brady's goat. I don't know. Maybe Lawrence Taylor. You think he's the goat of all time? I don't. I, I don't know if he's the goat of all time. Yeah, Aaron Donald probably like, to be better than Lawrence people Taylor. People, I would take over Tom Brady. No, Tom Brady's goat. LeBron James might not be the goat, but he's the scoring leader of all time. Yeah, I mean... He's probably the second best player of all time. Wilt. He's the top five player of all time. Yeah. Uh, he's better than Wilt. I mean, uh, Wilt, Wilt played in, a, in an era where he I was go, playing against I go Wilt cashiers. One, I go Wilt 1, LeBron 2, MJ 3. You go Wilt number one? Yeah. How can you say that Wilt is one when you've never seen him play a, a game That's of basketball? That's true. I've never seen a recorded game of him play. You probably never, never, you probably never watched a Wilt highlight in your There's life. footage. Really. You probably never watched. I, ain't, I never seen. I, a I was game. just watching one like recently. I mean, I think you've never done it in your life. Within the last week, I okay, watched a Will Chamberlain. That's a lie. That's a. I lie. respect that's a it. Lie. I mean, I respect the pick. I'm not lying. <laughs> that's just. That's just. You're just lying in my face. No, because I remember it being like. You don't just go home and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna throw Wilt Chamberlain." Well, highlights I didn't. On I didn't YouTube. seek it out. I they just. Came so up. so what'd you do? Uh, Nobody's posting Wilt Chamberlain highlights either. You're just lying in my face, Charlie. No, I saw like a random like. These were the dudes that Wilt Chamberlain was playing against, and then it was just a minute and twenty of him just dominating dudes. So how I think can it was somehow related to LeBron time. and like the scoring record. I don't know. Someone just tweeted it. I, I, I think I remember being most surprised that like some of the video was in color. I you know, there's like no footage of his one hundred point game. Yeah. No footage of that. It's weird, no, but he did it. There's actually a pretty decent conspiracy theory out there that he actually did not score hundred in that game. <laughs> He's the rebound. Goat. We just did we just believe that he scored a hundred points after he just wrote a hundred on a piece of paper and <laughs> took a picture in front of it? I mean, I bl- I believe it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I do. He's the goat. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, sure, I understand. Like, yeah, LeBron, scoring champion, that's important. But I just don't care, even in the slightest. You're just like hating on history, like this. I'm not our... hating on it. Like you are. <laughs> I'm not hating on it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not up in arms about it. I'm not trying to like take anything away from LeBron. I just don't care I uh, yeah no I get that I mean I'm not like a LeBron is my hero type guy like I'm not gonna be like a LeBron fighter all the time but I I feel like I understand like a signet like this is significant and like the fact that's like I feel like we're gonna look back in 20 years and be like man like pretty cool we got to see LeBron James play like our entire lives that's kind of where I'm at I'm like ah it's just become I think it's become a point where it's like we grew up with LeBron 
and so it's like you're just like he's just a constant. I can't wait for him to be gone. But we're not personally. Nah, you know, it was even like Tom Brady. Like I wasn't a Tom Brady fan, but like I feel like I was like, oh, it's cool that I've gotten to watch one of the best players of all time play. Like I think it's one of those things. And then it's like when he's retired, like oh, he's out of there. But then in like ten years, like dang, like. For me, with Tom, yeah, we I was, had, it's we a had where were you like, moment for sports. I mean, yeah. you I was just like, thank to... God Tom Brady retired. I'm so tired of watching Tom Brady and having no, oh, I and I am Tom too. Brady. I'm I was ready for him to retire because it was time, but then you know, in 10 years, we'd be like, wow, we really did get to see like one of the like most unique uh NFL careers of all time, and like you don't really uh look back and admire that during the time because yeah, you're like you either like a team or you like another player or. You're tired of hearing about this person. Yeah, you're tired of hearing LeBron in the media all the time. Yeah, people talk about LeBron too much because he's LeBron. So you're ready for him to get out of there. But then in 10 years, like, man, you know, hey. I mean, I just don't like watching him play. Like, I think he's a very annoying player to watch play. Just because of, like, the uh, dramatics and yeah. stuff? Yeah. That's part of the game, though. I just I don't like it. Fair. Don't you like probably don't like much of the NBA anymore. <laughs> don't like. I think LeBron's worse about it than a lot of people. Probably. I'm in the camp where it's like, yeah, he, sure, he doesn't do things like the way MJ did it, but I don't man. like MJ either. I like MJ less than LeBron. Mm. Yeah, I think MJ is just like a mean, bad person. Sounds like you just hate good players. No, I just don't like them as people. Like I, I more so than anything. Like I, I just strongly. What's dislike. what's wrong with LeBron as a person? I think he's a liar and just an incredibly annoying person. Well, he has those like and memes. He does a have giant those giant hypocrite. I do and love a those memes. I do love those memes of him LeBron on James the first page of a book. An idiot. I think it's that hilarious. Is, is cosplaying as a, a smart person? <laughs> I think that it's hilarious. Why is. not try? You know, I mean, or just actually like. I think he's a good dude. He's a family guy. I don't think he's a bad person. I guess I think MJ is just actually a bad person. I don't I know think, MJ personally. I, never I think met LeBron him. is just an annoying <laughs> person. I think LeBron is just like you know he he. He's he's at the point in his career where he could try to be something outside of basketball, and I think he's for a long time just been trying to figure that out. Maybe I don't know. I don't know the guy. I mean, I just hate a guy. Well, he's that, a fa- like, I say he's a family guy. You know, I think he's a family giant guy. hypocrite. I mean, he's the same guy that like the Lakers were struggling, and he complains about players not taking it seriously enough, and then he's in the studio with two chains and misses the next day for maintenance. Like, that's sick. That's cool. <laughs> hypocrite. Hey, he's won. He won a championship with LA. You don't. You don't gotta do anything now. He's gonna leave after this year, anyways. He'll be at another team. What team will he join? Maybe he'll go back to the Heat. Then you gotta like him again. <laughs> you didn't like him when he was at the Heat. By the last year, he was in Miami. I was ready for him to go. Okay. I love. I was like, man, I liked his championships, though. I was like, I like. Yeah, you probably did like those two. I was like, I like titles, but honestly, I'm 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 so tired of like rooting for LeBron James. Not one, not two. Because I liked I liked LeBron when he first got to Miami. I really did. Not four. Like I was really a big, big fan of LeBron at one point, and then I slowly just started to get more and more tired of LeBron. Yeah, I mean, between playing for the Heat. Between his dramatics on the court and his hypocrisy and lies off the court, I'm just not a fan. What did he do to you? What What did he lie to you about? He's just a constant <laughs> liar. Not to mention yeah. the biggest hypocrite in the world when it comes to a like some of his own leadership and b like his relationship with like China and all of that. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, Joe, you're putting way too much stock into like LeBron is the person. You got to be able to separate LeBron is the person and LeBron is the player. Yeah. Why? Why would I do that when I'm deciding who I like as a player? 
Cause uh, because the, I'm sure there's plenty like of the players game. that you don't like as a person, but they're a good player. They're a great guy. And uh, did I ever? Great, that was the criteria. Did I ever one time today say that LeBron James is anything other do we than think, a great player? Do we think Wilt Chamberlain was a good guy? Probably not. <laughs> do I like Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I mean, you weren't around to see those antics. I literally just said like LeBron's the second best player of all time. There's and there's no part of me that is I know, disrespecting yeah. anything about his game. I just yeah. don't like LeBron. Fair. That, I think I would I would go out on a limb here. I would say that more than fifty percent of the people that are listening to this show right <clears> now <throat> do not like LeBron James. No, he's a very unlikable person. I get it. Like people hate on LeBron. So I just I mean yeah sure. uh, I'm in the camp it's like hey let's just care. let's just enjoy some greatness for one night let's just let's just I don't enjoy really, like I don't enjoy it let's enjoy know? the greatness for one night put aside your 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 hatred for one night and be like ah oh, that's cool you broke the score I think I don't like greatness either honestly okay I see I'm in the point where it's like you know I I see these moments and it like it's like a cat like I remember where where I was when Barry Bonds broke the uh, home run record like it's like. Something cool, you know, sports history. I just think, like, a lot of the all-time greats across sports, now that I really think about it, I don't really like them. <laughs> that, that might be a you a problem. A lot of the all-time best teams might be don't a like you. them. Well, yeah. Dynasties don't like them. Might be a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's a you thing. Sounds like a trend. Hey, who, who's the best player in baseball? Who's the best baseball player of all time? You like Mike Trout? You Mike Trout guy? I really don't like Mike Trout. Yeah. He gives me. <laughs> what is there to not really? like about Mike, Mike Trout? Trout? He gives Charlie. me JJ Watt vibes. Oh my god! No, he does. He's the exact opposite of like JJ. He doesn't even say anything. Mike Trout doesn't even like speak to the media. Yeah, he, he's so chill. He's a, he just also all, I just commissioner of a fantasy league. Like I really dislike the Angels. What is there to dislike about the Angels? He, he also, the most bottom feeder he also franchise doesn't like, like in the league. Yeah, they never cause problems. They don't. They don't do anything. They saw, I don't know, just... He just doesn't like Shohei Otani either. I despise Shohei Otani. I can't. Charlie just loves being a contrarian. That's really yeah. what it comes no, to. Shohei not. might be the coolest player of, like, all time. To me, <laughs> I despise Shohei, but it's not his fault. I despise him because the way the media covers him makes him Yeah, because he can pitch and hit like crazy. <laughs> yeah, because we haven't seen that ever. The way the media covers him drives me. He should not have won the MVP. What either. should the media do when a player is out here... Throwing like I mean, hundred and then hitting bombs like in the same levels, game. Though. He was like, he was like five months into it's being absurd. He was like five months into like being a really good player, and we were like, is he gonna like, is he Babe Ruth level? Is he the all time goat? It's just like, no. Okay. The only reason they compared to Babe Ruth is just because he can pitch and hit. Like no one else does that. So of course you're gonna get I that mean, comparison. He, he was getting compared to like the best players of all time. Yeah, because in terms of like talent, like not in terms. Shouldn't of, have like, even won the MVP. Yeah, I should have. No, Vlad. Okay, yeah, Vlad was good. Should have won it. I but like Vlad. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, everything about the Angels I dislike, except for Andrew They ca- They cause no him. issues, though. They, they, they never, took Anthony Rendon never from the Nationals. Everyone took players from the Nationals. You say you don't like the Angels <laughs> is saying, like, oh, I hate the Pirates. <laughs> I like the Pirates. That's yeah, just what I'm saying. The it's least like, problematic it's just two irrelevant yeah. franchises that never come up in anything. I can't even describe it, but just... There are some teams that I just don't like based on the way they look. I want to throw something out there uh, just while we're we're thinking about ba- uh, baseball at the moment. There was somewhere yesterday that was like when MLB expands to uh, 32 teams, 
the athletic shout out the athletic they posted something that was like hey let's embrace a realignment of the divisions like let's Mm -hmm. embrace a dramatic realignment of the divisions here's one way it could look and it like threw out what it what the divisions could maybe be aligned to and they made the most toxic division of all time the most toxic division of all time does it have the yankees is the red sox yes the mets yeah um i'm gonna go with the orioles no no Think of it, it has to be another NL East team because, you know, the Mets. Phillies? Yes. Think about how di- much of a disaster that would be with the Yankees playing the Mets now so much more and then adding Philadelphia sports fans into the <laughs> into the mix of that hotbed of New York City and Boston. And Red oh Sox my fans, gosh. too. Yes, and Re- yeah, of course. Just a disaster. Is it team or is it just oh, it's just a- every division has four, and there's okay. like four four divisions per, I guess, NL and A. I don't know. It would be Western and Who Eastern. Who would the Nationals be with? Would we be with the Orioles? Um, yes. And the Reds? No. Yeah, your division would not be good. <laughs> uh, Orioles, Pirates, and then one expansion team. Charlotte expansion team. Yes, please. <laughs> you Let's guys, that's this. a terrible division. Let's do this. Terrible. I am all for this. Please, please, please. They also have a Nashville expansion team in there with Gross. the Braves. Mm. In the Braves Gross. division. Okay. Braves. Uh, Nashville Marlins and Rays. I really don't. Want a, <laughs> I really don't want a Nashville team. Why not? Because I don't want to have to have a excuse. Oh to yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to betray my city, but I'm not going to. Well, no, you're already a Nationals fan, so just like it, maybe they would play each other more in Nashville, so you could see more games. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool, but I would just feel like I would be, like be betraying my own city if I rooted for. You could have. You could cheer for both. I no, couldn't. Yeah, you could. No, you can't. You're at the age now where you could cheer for both if you had an expansion team move. No, you're not. Like yeah. if no, if you root for more than one professional sports team, then I don't respect you as a. Well, no, no. Player. There has to be like a thing like that. Like there's an expansion team. Like what about people who lived in Nashville before the Titans got there? Um, if you and they were probably like other dropped fans. your team for the Titans. I understand it. I wouldn't have done that. If you just didn't root for the Titans because you already had a team, I respect that. I wouldn't like. I don't think you should sure. root for the Titans. But I think you could still have love for like another team, but maybe not. I think like if you switch team. what professional sports team you root for, after like calling yourself a diehard fan of that professional sports team, then you like aren't actually a sports. Yeah, fan. no, I get that. Like, like, I just don't think you're I'm, a sports I'm say- fan, and you don't deserve. I'm respect. saying more like you. Like, I have zero respect you for you. You cheer for the Nashville team every other game except for when they play the Nationals. Yeah, that's gross. Why not? Because that's not your team. You pick a team, you root for a team, you die with that team. I get it. I get it, but you could also no, still support no, the can't. other team in a way, but not as much as you If you're supporting the other team in a way, then you support no team. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. If you have two teams, then you're not a sports fan. College, there I'll are exceptions. It. I'll accept Professionals, it. no. Period. Anyway... Uh, let's catch a break. We'll dive into some hoops on the other side. Stay with us here on the Blitz. Ball's back in action tonight. Big week for Tennessee, I think. A big week for Tennessee. You know, following what was a pretty disappointing week last week. You go on the road, uh, you, you really don't shoot the ball well at all, and you get beat by double digits by a middle of the pack Florida team. You know, obviously you follow that up. Saturday, you got to win. Didn't really feel good, but you got to win. You know, you 
you managed to beat a top 25 team and, and, and pick up another resume-building win, but certainly you were only left with more questions after that one, at least on the offensive end, after shooting 9% from three and uh, scoring less than 50 points. <clears throat> so a big week for Tennessee to get back right, to get back right offensively and to just, I think, really build your confidence back up uh, on that side of the ball heading into your biggest game of the year a week from today. Um, tonight, playing one of the worst defenses in college basketball, one of the worst defenses that we've seen ever at the SEC level. They rank, I believe, somewhere in the 280s defensively in Ken Palm. So they're right there with, like, they're Tennessee at, State. They're at 180. 180? Yeah. Um, that I think it was – since the calendars turned, it's like 280. That's maybe what I was reading. Probably, though, the worst in the SEC. Um, Actually, it's not the worst in the SEC anymore. It's the uh, third worst in the SEC. Missouri Missouri is worse. Across the last 10 games. It's South Carolina, their defense is worse. Excuse me. It was the, yeah, the last 10 games, it's 284th. So That's not uh, good. And Bark Torvik rakes them as the worst defense in the SEC since SEC play has started. So, you know, an opportunity, I think, to get back right offensively. Uh, I think especially the way that the Vanderbilt matches up defensively, like, suits you pretty well. A lot of catch-and-shoot threes, a lot of uh, backdoor cuts, you know, cuts away from the ball. And, um, you know, really they gave up a lot at the rim, a whole lot at the rim. So I think it suits Tennessee pretty well. And and really, there's no excuse not to have a good offensive performance tonight. So I think that's really what this team needs to needs to go out and do. Uh, I think that's what the fan base obviously wants to see. Um, but this week, again, great get back right opportunity with you know Missouri at home Saturday. Another pretty disastrous defense uh, and a, a Vanderbilt defense that has been 284th in the country in the last 10 games that matches up with you really well. Or, I mean, that you match up with really well. Pardon me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, this Vanderbilt team, they got beat very bad against <laughs> against Alabama last week. Just That's the only really words uh, you can say about that performance. What was this, like 101 to 44? Yeah, it was almost 60 points. So that's kind of weird. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, Alabama beat this team by 60. Uh, how bad can we beat this team? But the, you shouldn't compare it that way. Um Alabama got them in Tuscaloosa. You know, we we've already played them at Thompson Bowling Arena. A little bit of a little bit of a struggle in that game. Um, you were down at halftime. You hadn't been down at half much in that one. I think you were down too. But going into uh, into Nashville, um, you've won 11 straight against this team. I think you've won six or seven in a row within that gym. So 12 would uh, 12 would be the record in the series. Yeah, uh, this is already the longest streak since like the 40s. I mean, this is like we've we've played over 200 games in this matchup right now, so it's one of our more historic series. You're you're getting the best of them, but uh, what Tennessee has been saying leading into this game, you know, they for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, um, and I think we've talked about on the show that Jerry Stackhouse does a really good job with his X's and O's. He he does a good job of being versatile against Tennessee's defense. Uh, I think we saw it in that first game. They're just a really hard team to scout. They're just kind of deceptive in a lot of the things they do, especially with their guard play. So Justin Ganey, when speaking with the media, he said, you know, it's one of the tougher scouts in the SEC just because they they just got a lot of movement, a lot of, a lot of versatility. 
Um, but you have played them before, so I feel like a second time around, maybe some of the struggles you had at home initially won't happen a second time. You're more prepared. Um, I would expect Tennessee maybe to be leading at halftime this time. It, it is, I think a lot of focus is, one, beating them a little more sound than you did the first time because you can, you're capable of that, and two, getting getting that confidence back on offense, getting that rhythm back, um, seeing some shots go through early, maybe establish a few uh, a few makes from the three-point line, get to somewhere where you're not shooting under 30%. I think that's the main goal here. Um, can you get get some guys going on the offensive end? Can Julian Phillips capitalize on some chances early? Will Tyreek Key get more minutes? Can we get him more confident shooting the ball? Uh, what, what's Santi going to be looking like? Um, I think that's obviously kind of the thing that most people are going to be watching for, just to see if that offense can be leveled out um, and get confident again. You mentioned thirty percent. You know, you want to get over thirty percent. Uh, I like to get better than that, but <laughs> since twenty twenty one, Tennessee's thirty six and one when they shoot thirty percent or better from three. Thirty six and one. Look at you with the stats. Thirty percent or better from three. Ten and eleven when they don't. Look at you with the stats. 10 and 11. <laughs> yeah. That versus mean, 36 and 1. That's what scares you about this Tennessee team clearly like if they don't if they're not shooting well like are they able to still win? And yeah, I mean on on one hand, you know, we we've completely gone away from like the mid-range game that that Tennessee was kind of, you know, the, the offense is kind of defined by for a while under Rick Barnes and I still think that's a net positive, but also when you have a year like this when you're not shooting the three as well, Makes you much more susceptible when you're pretty reliant on the three-point shot. Yeah, uh, to to having those bad nights. Tennessee, by the way, also 17 and one when uh, uh this year, when opponents are 30 percent or worse from deep. So, three okay. of your losses mm-hmm. have come from good shooting, know, a good three-point shooting night, basically. Um, for what it's worth, Vanderbilt does play good offense. You know, you mentioned the X's and O's and some of the, just the the mystique, too, that surrounds Vanderbilt's <laughs> schematics, rotations. Yeah. I mean, for they, they, they don't – they're a very unpredictable team. Like, they yeah. ran a bunch of press against Tennessee. Haven't done that since. Where'd that come from, yeah. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Haven't done that since. They've had – That's kind of what you have to do if I you're – I think it's like 11 different starting lineups this year now that they've <laughs> run, maybe 12 if I'm not mistaken. It's a lot. Um, Liam Robbins missed some time with injury. During that time period, Tyron Lawrence stepped up, was getting like 15 points a game, over five rebounds a game. But then, you know, he got benched last week because he was laughing during practice. Mm-mm. That's not good. Yeah. Just – Laugh during practice, Stackhouse benched him. I think really that's the biggest issue with the defense is that the team is starting to give up on Stackhouse. Well, I don't I know think, about any of their internal deals, but... No, I mean, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Though. Okay. I, I think that that's what's happening. I think that this team started to give up on Stackhouse a little bit. I think that that relationship is further fracturing from, you know, from some of the rumblings coming out of Vanderbilt. It seems like there's potentially going to be a max exodus mass exodus of players if stackhouse continues to be the head coach for another season just extended him last year so that's likely uh, i think that yeah i think that players are starting to, to 
quit on him a little bit. Well, I mean, the thing you've is, had though, like players what? getting benched, you've had different rotations, and I mean, defense is a lot of it is about want to, a lot of it's about effort, especially the defense that Vanderbilt's running, man everything up. Yeah, uh, you're seeing guys watching the ball away from the ball. You're seeing guys like not hustling to close out, not hustling to like hedge on screens, not hustling to to rotate when the help defense comes over. That's why I think t- Vanderbilt's defense has dropped off the way it has to a certain extent. I, I think, quite honestly, mm. guys are getting tired of Stackhouse. That's interesting because it's like, I mean, well, four years ago they weren't winning SEC games at all. Like, where where's the perspective? Like, I no, I mean, I think that Stackhouse like needs to go. If I, know, I were but a Vanderbilt like, well, fan, I would be livid. I would want. He's he's had like four seasons, and, and you thinking back to like four 20, seasons is like a decent like, amount of. Time, I know, but especially but in he took basketball. over a program that was zero and eighteen in the SEC. It's you're not going to start winning the conference in four years. Yeah, but like you want to maybe at least sometime at some point look from like a recruiting perspective. Like, I don't think he's bringing in like it's not, great yeah. talent. Yeah, no, I don't think he's, he's like doing an incredible job or anything. But like I mean, he's doing a bad job. From 0 and 18. Guys transferred out of that program a lot. From 0 and 18 yeah, to what? Like, like 3 and 13? Winning <laughs> 7 SEC games is, is better than 0, 0 <laughs> SEC wins. So, I don't know. I, I mean, mean can, comparing a guy to their worst season of all time and being like, well, it's better than your worst season no, of all time. No, I'm, I'm not just comparing it to their worst season I of all time. I know that you such a big Stackhouse defender. I'm co- no, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to like back him up in terms of like, Why? He, t- he inherited an own 18 What team. has he done to deserve you backing him up in this very moment? Not lose 18 games in SEC play? That's not a qualification. But it's where they were. It's what he took over. So? That's what he took over. I'm just saying, like, I just don't think, like, you give yeah, I mean, him I, you're more time. So, I don't know. T- so far lenient right now. Give him more time. I, I don't, I, I would, mean, yeah, I don't I, think I, he's, like, the guy that's going to win him a championship. Hand up. Give him 15 more years for all I care. <laughs> but if I were a Vanderbilt fan, I would want him fired yesterday. Again, he's Maybe. blocking media members. He's calling out fans on Twitter. He's getting caught with a burner. <laughs> he's benching players for laughing in practice. He has no semblance of, of identity when it comes to defense, when it comes to his rotations. He's not playing the right guys. He's stubborn. He's had a pretty hard time forming any kind of significant relationships with people over at Vanderbilt. His GAs are constantly changing. His support staff constantly changing. People constantly leave that program and complain about working with him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But, okay, I don't know as much of, 18 games. Well, no, I don't know much of like the internal deals. If the internal deal isn't isn't good, then yeah, sure, then they they should move on. I'm just saying like based on like a result path it's a lot better than where they were when he took over result path is like an acceptable one no it's not but where's the bar like where's the bar the bar vanderbilt can be like uh, an above 500 sec team that is like a single digit seed in the sec no i know they should be not in the sec in the ncaa tournament like that's i do think they could probably get a a mid-major coach that could help take them over the edge so sure anybody i'm fine with that i would take probably 200 coaches over jerry stackhouse at this point if i'm vanderbilt (laughs) It was just the, a, out, of, out of like the three sixty three. I'm saying that like two thirds. Wasn't he like a G League assistant too before? Maybe I don't remember exactly. I know he was also doing like AAU stuff like in, I just, in Dallas in like a circuit there. I mean, I feel Jerry like you Stackhouse. Know that, that experiment's kind of over. I feel like I he mean I don't really know if if this would even be something he's interested in or if he's just gonna be whenever he gets fired if he's just gonna be done with it. Jerry Stackhouse would be a guy that 
if I would Rick, I were Rick Barnes, I'd love to bring on as an assistant. If I were any of the top programs in the country, I would love to bring on as an assistant because I think that as a basketball mind and specifically, you know, the X's and O's aspect of offense, incredible, great yeah. at that. I think it's the CEO stuff, the roster management, the media management, the leading a program aspect that Jerry Stackhouse struggles with. But tonight. You're playing a team that allows, A, a bunch of shots at the rim, B, a bunch of open threes, and C, a ton of offensive rebounds. Like I think like a third, roughly, of, of shots taken uh, by Vanderbilt opponents have been rebounded by their opponents. So Can't not rebound the ball and be good. Tennessee, one of the best rebounding teams in all of the country, the best rebounding team in the SEC, one of the best teams in the country at getting shots at the rim and making shots at the rim, and one of the best teams in the country at at least getting open looks for three. They've not been one of the best at making them, but against a team that gives you a lot of open looks from three, gives up a lot of rebounds, and gives up a lot of points around the rim, you have no excuse tonight to, to do anything other than go out there and score 65, 70-plus. Like, for me, a successful night on offense is 70 or more. Successful night is more points than the opposition, but a successful night on offense is 70 or more. Agree, disagree? Agree. Yeah, I mean, you shoot over 35% from the floor. Not asking Maybe for more a lot 40. tonight. Just, Maybe 40. Just, you know, get back right offensively. Make sure that your offense <laughs> bottomed out last week. Make sure that last week is the worst that it was gonna, is going to get. Because, I mean, you, you've dropped all the way down to outside the top 50 now. Or at least you were Saturday night oh, you're by the time you went something. to bed. You know, you were at 36 a couple weeks ago. Now you're down in the 60s. Historically, a team that low, I don't think has ever made a championship run outside of the one UConn team that came out of nowhere with, like, Shabazz Napier. No team that's entered Could happen. with an offense that low. Could happen. Uh, has one. So it's time it's to get possible, that offense though. back right. It's possible. It's a big get back right. Get a big get, get back, back right, right week. <laughs> Just get it's right. It's get right Wednesday. Get right Wednesday. All right. I like it. More next on the Blitz. Back here on the Blitz on this Wednesday morning. couple, uh, well, about 15 of those minutes left here in hour one. Talked about this a little bit yesterday. You missed it, Andy. You would have loved it. Mm. Titans Tuesday. Mm. Mm. Nice. Titans Tuesday. Titans Tuesday. We got into the Tennessee Titans, Titans a little Tuesday. bit yesterday. Um, we were talking about the fact that, hey, Tennessee hasn't hired an offensive coordinator. You know, what is that? What is that? What's going on there? For the potential direction of this, this organization. They and, get one. You know, what you're looking at from a, I, I guess, ideology standpoint. Yeah. We left here two hours later. Tennessee has an offense coordinator. Nice. Promoted passing coordinator uh, Tim Kelly to offensive coordinator. He was a guy that was brought in from the Houston Texans. Uh, he was their offensive coordinator at one point. Brought in, I guess, really is kind of like they were downing helper. He was supposed to be the Jim Schwartz. Uh, what Jim Schwartz was to Shane Bowen, kind of like that analyst slash like help you out with the game plan, help you out with some of the play calling ideology. Like that's what Tim Kelly was supposed to be for 
Todd Downing, but no amount of smart could fix Todd Downing and a horrid offensive line. Uh, but now Tim Kelly's going to get a go at it. You know, probably not the splashy hire that Titans fans necessarily wanted. Probably not uh, signaling a whole lot of change necessarily. But Sam, as a Titans fan, when you got the news, what was your kind of immediate reaction? How are you feeling about this hire? Or I guess um, promotion. I was pretty unsurprised, I guess. That was kind of what I was assuming. Um, you know, it kind of seemed like you, you only got rumors of, of the Titans interviewing Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy, but, you know, it kind of just seemed like mostly rumors, not a lot of traction onto those. Seemed like from the jump, like after Todd Downing had gotten fired, you kind of assumed that all season people had been asking for Tim Kelly to call the plays, so I'm pretty... Uh, I think I'm pretty happy with it. I think, like, obviously what is wrong with the Titans right now is more of a personnel issue than a coaching issue. So I think, you know, give the guy that you brought in last year a chance to to uh, to become a good offensive coordinator and potentially keep that job. And, you know, if he doesn't work out, I think you can go a different way. But I like the I like the promotion internally, and I think you gotta you got to find some playmakers in the draft now for him. But... I think it's a I think it's a solid hire. I think people are kind of freaking out for no reason for it, just because we didn't go get someone from somewhere else. But yeah, I, don't I think, think it's a huge deal. I think people are are too tied into Tennessee can't be a run first football team. You know, Tennessee runs the ball on first down too much. Tennessee, you know, we just, we got to get a Joe Burrow and we got to start passing the ball fifty times a game. That's not the case. You know, you can be a top five offense in the NFL with Ryan Tannehill handing it off to Derrick Henry 25 times a game. You can be that that kind of offense. You just have to have better run first play calling. Like I don't think Todd Downing did a good job, you know, managing Derrick Henry, managing his carries, managing when you ran the ball versus when you, you know when you ran play action, when you kind of countered different looks. Like I just don't think he was good at that. And more than anything, the Titans' offensive line went from being one of the best to one of the worst pretty quickly in a two-year span. But like you, I think the issues were more personnel-based. I think that Todd Downing was bad, which you know made bad personnel even worse. But even one of the best offensive coordinators in football would have had issues making that offense be successful with Dennis with, Daly as your left tackle. With Dennis Daly as your left tackle. I mean, with just the entirety of that offensive line combined with the injuries that you had and an already thin group of pass catchers. Like, there's just there wasn't a chance for that to really actually be successful. But, I mean, Tim Kelly can come in next year, I think, give you the 14th best offense in the NFL, 13th best, somewhere in that range, maybe 15th, 16th best. To pair with a defense, that should probably be top five. I mean, somewhere in that range, if they can stay healthy, so I, that's good enough. Like that, that can work and, and should work. Um, furthermore, I mean, Tim Kelly, when he had Deshaun Watson, pretty adaptable to his personnel, had one of the best passing offenses in the NFL, and Houston as an offensive coordinator. So it's not like he is incapable of designing uh, good passing concepts as well. Did that pretty well in Houston. Um, Again, not splashy. I give this higher like a B minus, maybe a B. 
one thing that I guess is a little concerning that I don't love in Houston. He was one of the top three coordinators in uh, personnel and formation variation, right? In terms of subbing guys in and out, different guys being on the field, different formations. Tim Kelly loves to switch it up. And I thought that that was something that really drove me crazy last year. I felt like it maybe was even a Tim Kelly influence is too often you would look and, and like Traylon Burks and Robert Woods and like Chick and Conkwu would all just be off the field. And it would be like third down. You know, too often you rotated off your good, your, your best players and you just didn't have enough depth for that to work. Uh, so I, I hope that he does cut that down a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think I think you just, you know, you got to be able to mix it up with what you had this year. Like on paper, it was not good at all. So I think you know, finding some playmakers in the draft that you think fit Tim Kelly's scheme will 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 be a lot better for us. And and obviously, I think um, I think a lot of the influence that he maybe wanted to have, he didn't have as much with with Downing in there calling the plays and everything. So. I don't know. I'm optimistic. I think it feels a lot like uh, kind of like when we when we hired Shane Bowen internally after our defense was a mess, and then people were asking us to go and and fix the defense drastically. I think you know we got the same thing to do with this offense, and it worked out last time when we promoted internally. So hopefully Vrabel uh, is confident in his guy now. But I think you know I think it's more of an issue of just you know who we can get in the draft, who we can. Maybe getting free agency once we clear up our cap situation a little bit. So I don't know. I, I think I'm around there with you, Charlie. It's can't overreact too much on the hire. I think more than anything, like fix the offensive line. If you fix yeah. the offensive line, everything else is fixed too. Yeah. That's yeah. That's to me biggest point of emphasis is just fix that. Fix that line. I wish you would have made a splashier hire on the offensive coach, you know, on the offensive like coaching staff, especially when it comes to your offensive line coach. You know, you just promoted uh, a lower level assistant up to offensive line yeah. coach. I would have loved to have gone and and been aggressive in a pursuit of like one of the top offensive line coaches. Maybe try to get Mike Munchak back in town, but mm. overall, not not upset with how things transpired. Again. B minus, round of B. But uh, we'll catch one more break. We'll wrap up hour one on the other side. Did you guys catch any SEC hoops over there? Not the weekend, the night. Last night, Tuesday night hoops. I caught a little bit of the uh, Arkansas Kentucky game, but I didn't finish the thing. No. I was watching Kansas State and TCU. That was a blowout. Yeah. Shout out Kansas State, Jerome Tang. I think I'm more so kind of out on TCU a little bit. No, T- TCU's good. I I mean, they're good, but I'm out on them. Well, how so? I just don't think they're consistent enough. I'm more out on Kansas State than I am TCU. Really? Even after last night? Yeah, that was just a home one in the Big 12. That happens every night. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, TCU I mean, beat Kansas on the road. Yeah, I mean, TCU beat Kansas on the road. That's what I'm saying, like. Inconsistent, you know. You follow well, so that, is Kansas State. Follow that up by losing the Mississippi, Big Mississippi State on the road. Big Twelve. This is the team that managed to lose the Northwestern State at home. Yeah, bad loss. Bad loss. I'm for out sure. on TCU. I'm more out on Kansas State, um, but I, I mean, I think TCU is probably like five in the Big Twelve. I got Kansas State like six. I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm capping TCU at second round. 
I'm capping Kansas State in the first round. TCU's not a team I would want to play. I wouldn't want to play anyone in the Big 12, just saying. I mean, Even though Tennessee's beating Kansas and, and Texas now. They're definitely not as good of a team without Mike Miles, obviously. But TCU's been missing like they're – yeah, like they have been severely shorthanded. What's the deal with Eddie Lampkin? Yeah, he's he hasn't been playing. I don't know what yeah. his deal is, but like yeah, TCU has been severely understaffed. I miss Eddie Lampkin. So high left ankle sprain they, on January twenty first. So he's probably coming back in the next couple weeks. He said he actually tweeted, "I'm back." Eddie Lampkin did. Yeah, well, that's so. a good tweet. He was he just when he was just hooping on. I think Arizona he played last, last night. year when he was hooping on Arizona last year. He was just also liking all the tweets about him. It was very funny. Like, I tweeted something about, like, Eddie Lampkin is, like, a dog or something like that. Nice. And then, like, two days later, Eddie Lampkin retweeted it, and, like, eight people with the last name Lampkin liked it. Yeah, Eddie, Heck yeah. he played 18 minutes last night, but didn't score a point. And didn't oh, really have Eddie. any production, honestly. Eddie, one, Eddie. one rebound, one assist, a couple fouls. I am not selling my stock on TCU once they get out. Yeah, I'm not either. No, they they could be dangerous. They could be yeah, dangerous. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but... Like, when I say I'm out on them, I mean out on them in terms of, like, I don't think they're going to make a run. Okay, fair. Yeah, I mean, They might not, but I think they can maybe – It's an experience They can maybe team. make That's a – they could make a second weekend, and I wouldn't be surprised. Any team in the Big 12, one through six, could make a Sweet 16 run, and I would not be surprised. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would – one through 12 in the Big 12, you wouldn't be surprised if any of them made a run? Uh, one through six. I mean, yeah, one through six in the Big 12 – that's Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, and TCU. Yeah. I would be surprised if TCU made a run, I think. Maybe. I don't okay. know, but except they uh, do have Miles. Like, Mike Miles is the kind of guy not healthy, that yeah. like, can lead you on a tournament run. TCU's impressive. They, they have had some impressive moments, but, yeah, you're right. They've, they've had some down moments, but, yeah, well, once they get the what, full strength, uh, maybe we can accurately assess that. What team in the – Big 12, like, would you be most confident in to make a tournament run? Kansas. Kansas? Yeah. Even even still? Yeah. Even still. Um, they're still 19-5. and five. Um, Four and three away from home. Four and three away from home. Yes. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, four and three away from home. But I just think in terms of, you know, teams that are used to being there in poise, I think they're still very – poison they i know you're not a big jalen wilson fan but he's been playing good this year and i think they still have the pieces he's for a run still like one of the most inefficient players in college basketball even if he's cleaned it up a little bit here lately he's also going to win the big 12 player of the year i don't think he should he will though <laughs> um he's he's good he's a good player um, I think Kansas has just like the poise and the pieces to be able to maybe more accurately make a run. I think they've just like been there, done that, and they're just so consistent. I think Kansas State is good, but I don't know if this is like their year. Like this, it's like kind of first year like juice. You have that juice and energy, but I don't know if they're like ready for that big run, that like Final Four push yet. I still think they're a great team, and I'm and I like them. I want to cheer for them. I like their coach. I like the Keontae Johnson story. I like Marquise Noel. I think. I want them to do well. I just don't know if this is going to be their year to push to the Final Four. Like, I think they've emerged all of a sudden. But I, sometimes when a team emerges like that in the regular season, is it's hard to kind of put a lot of faith that they they can outlast the grueling schedule of March, you know? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. The team that I have the most confidence in in the Big 12 is Baylor. Really? I'm all the way in on Baylor. Like, Baylor, 
I'll, well, yeah, I'll get I think to a little great. bit more later, but I mean, I, I'm all in on this Baylor team, especially now they got uh, Joshua back. They've got a great team. Yeah, a great coach and a great team. I think they are even flowing under the radar a little bit. Love me some LJ Cryer. Under the radar. Some Keontae George. Little Adam Flagler. And now Good team. Too. That's what I'm saying. Like any team in the Big 12, I I could really see making a a national championship run. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Baylor's a national championship contend- do, though, contender. Contender. Kansas or Baylor. True. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe this will be the year. Well, Iowa State did get through. To the I'm in on Texas. Like I'm, I'm in on Texas. I'm, I'm in, in on, on Texas. I'm in on Iowa State. Um, I'm in on TCU and Kansas State in a way. I don't and think they'll make the final four. Are there any teams you're not in on? Yeah, there are teams I'm not Who in do you on. Not like out of the Big Twelve. We're just specifically talking you, about don't the Big just Twelve. Tell me Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. Are we just talking about the Big Twelve? I feel like in general, like I just I always hear you telling me teams you like and players you like and coaches you like. But <laughs> yeah, I, I like, love good basketball. I feel like the only thing that I know for a fact that you don't like. The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing I've ever heard you like that's adamantly funny. be like, this team's bad or this coach is bad or this player's bad. Um, I'm more like I'm, I'm like I feel like some like college basketball teams are overrated. Like maybe. who would, who who out of those top teams who's in the, the most, Big Twelve like, fraudulent or just in general like top, I, I think Kansas top State college basketball teams most fraudulent. I think Kansas State. I Kansas told you State. that. I don't think they're. I don't think there is. I think there's just a lot of hype. I don't think they're gonna have what it takes to make a run. Like I don't. Yeah. I like their makeup, but I think they're overhyped. I think they're gonna be a little overrated coming into March. But they also play in the best conference, so I get they're probably properly rated because they're, they're getting wins against the best conference. But I just think that they're gonna end up being fizzling, fizzling out. All right. Well, hour one's done. Hour two's on deck. Stay with us here on the Blitz.